This is Gaming NBS episode 25, sponsored by darktheater.net. Welcome to Two Gaming and BS, uh, we, where we talk about role-playing games and miscellaneous geekery. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to the show, Brett. Oh, and to you, Sean. So like we, I haven't talked to you for half a minute about. I know. It's crazy. We bopped out of one program and bopped into the other one. Whew, good thing we're IT professionals or we couldn't manage that. Hey, use that word professional loosely. <laughs> I do use it loosely. Don't, don't please don't associate your IT professionals with us at all. So what Brad is referring to as our first gaming hangout or totally BS hangout, which we did on Google Plus, and we had James uh, and I didn't get everybody's last name. James, Roger, Austin popped in. Uh, myself, Zave uh, was yep. on there, and I think I did a post on Google Plus. Uh, and I know a lot of people would want to join in, but they got gaming tonight and all this other stuff. So that's cool. We hope to do it, I think, maybe once a month or maybe once a quarter. It's cool. I mean, just to uh, – James said, you know, I want to get on here to see – kind of see you guys in the flesh. You know, how, you know, uh, following you on Google+, Plus, like what you're doing type of thing. And it was neat to hear, like, about those guys because you and I are talking about what we do. And turns out James used to be a professional magician. <laughs> that oh, that's was, pretty cool. Really- that's pretty cool. And lo and behold, Roger is a Warhammer fantasy role-playing guy. First edition is king for him, and that was really cool to hear. And just I'm thinking about running Warhammer fantasy role-playing first ed game, and I'm like, wow, I have a resource now. You know, Granted, he's in Maine, but by God, through the power of Google+, I can find this dude, and I can get a hold of Roger and run some stuff by him or uh, look for info and, and tools and tricks and stuff. So that's that itself was pretty slick. That yeah, that's cool, man. And that's all it was, oh, it was for. I, I, I don't know why. I was sitting around, and I'm like, dude, Brett, we should have a hangout. And he said, well, you want to, what, record it? And I said, no, just throw it out to the, to the fans of the show, and we'll just you know throw it out there, and if people join, great. And if they don't, then that's cool too um, because maybe people want to tell us, you're totally effed up on that subject that you guys had and put us into check or, you know, maybe they just want to put a face for the name, even though we have some pictures up on the website or whatever. But I think it's, I think gaming's a different beast. Like, I mean, there's podcasts out there and there's community and all that other stuff, but gaming, that's, that's all it is. I mean, to me, that's why I, I get so ticked off when gaming game stores don't get it. And even publishers don't get it. Like I think some publishers execute really well and understand gaming is a, an entirely in a different industry and an entirely different beast. It, and it's like really a weird dynamic, not weird. That's not the right word, but just a, a different dynamic than communities in general. Because it's well, it's one of those things where we have there's the standard eighties geek stigma or the nerd stigma for the uh for the RPG gamer, the guy in his parents' basement, he has no social skills, doesn't know people, so on and so forth. Where 
I mean, um, everybody on there, yourself included, you know, has done online gaming or does that all the time. I mean, Roger, that's how he's playing in his uh, Warhammer game right now he's, that he's in. And, and James is talking about having a lot of different – he's got an in-face-to-face group. He's got an online group. You know, we didn't get into what tools they're using to do that, but gaming's incredibly social, and these type of meetups and this type of thing is just awesome. I mean, that's one of the beauties of gaming conventions, right? Just roaming around and seeing people that are of you, right? You're ilk. You're, we're all here. Hey, that's the guy. Next time I bump into him at a con, I know who that is. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was nice to see. It was yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Thanks for everybody that hung out, and for those that didn't, uh, hope to hope hope you guys uh, get online. I, it's funny you see all these you know goofy avatars on Google Plus, and you see them post and everything. And I have these things in my brain. Like I think everybody has like, I wonder like, hey, I bet you that guy's taller or shorter in person. Like you know, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, yeah, yeah I wonder what he sounds like. And then <laughs> it's just I like, get this picture of like you know having somebody join our hangout and they got this like high squeaky voice and i thought they'd be like this deep baritone bro hey thanks for joining me sean or thanks for allowing me to join sean you know i don't know it's just it's so weird it's like the radio like i I, I hope i never see a radio personality because the minute i do i'm just like ah oh, christ they're like we had a guy i know i'm going off on a tangent sean do you remember sean of the man sean the man of steel yes have yeah. you ever met him no i've seen him though have you seen him I- I've seen pictures of him. I've Sean, seen him yeah, Sean the Man of Steel, who is uh, he was a local. I think he's still. I don't even listen to the radio, but is he still local on the um, radio? I don't know. I do not know. It's been so long since I've any of the stations I would have listened to. He was on JJO back in the day, and it's been forever since then. And I don't listen to much regular he, radio. He did not. Uh, I and I've seen him face to face, and somebody's like, and as soon as he opened his mouth, like I never knew this guy would have walked by me, and I never had known. I was in this bar and sitting there watching people play pool or something. And he walked by and I'm like, you know, not a big deal. And somebody said, hey, you know, that's Sean the Man of Steel. And I'm like, no, really? And he, they said, yeah. I go, get the hell out of here. And they're like, no, seriously. And, I, and then he opened his mouth and he was like, he's got a really deep voice. He's like, I'm, I'm Sean the Man of Steel. You know, yeah. and it's like. Oh, he had a great radio voice. Oh, my God. Anyways, and if you saw him, you'd be like, what? And he was on like the heaviest rock station in Madison. Yeah. It did just. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I got. And so cool. there's. Yeah, there. That's it, man. Let's uh, let's do announcements. I don't. Um, oh, announcements. We're on YouTube. So we don't. We're not video. You're not going to see Brett and I on YouTube because I don't know if we can. Like uh, my current setup, I don't know if I can do video and record the video and put it up on YouTube. But we are we are putting the audio up on YouTube. Um, so it's just an icon. But there's a playlist and you can literally just click playlist and it'll, you know, subscribe there. And you can so you can listen via YouTube. I mean, people are like, well, why would I go to YouTube? Um, but you don't have to watch us. Because it's it's the same audio cast that we do yep. every week, um, so if some people just don't have access to you know RSS or maybe they don't know how to think of it as you can't escape us. Think of it from that yeah. perspective. If there's a media outlet where you could hear us, we're doing our damnedest to invade it. Think of it that way. Yeah, which reminds me because we're on Stitcher and we are on. I think I'm on. I think we're on. I think we. I think I put us on Pod Tracker. Sure, why not? And then, go with that. And, and SoundCloud. But some of those you got to pay if you want to go past so many episodes and all this other crap. And so, 
But we're, yeah, like Brett said, I'm trying to invade your lives. Uh, I had another announcement. I can't remember what I was getting. You know, I should really probably write these down before the show. It's okay. Got a little crazy. Um, oh, 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 oh. What else have you got? Misdirected, <laughs> misdirected Mark. Oh, yes. Misdirected yes. Mark podcast. So, Brett, you probably don't listen to him. I've got a bunch of them loaded Dude, up. I've got two more. I've got two more. No, I do. I've got a, I've, I've downloaded a bunch of them because I haven't had a chance to get to them. I've got two more from my Ken and Robin that i got to burn through, and then I'm going to get in on those. So I'm behind. So not, not to like – so misdirected Mark, uh, Chris uh, – shoot. I don't have Chris's last name at the top of my head. And Phil Vecchione. Um, I know Phil's – listen to us. I don't know if Chris does. He may just say, ah, I don't care about those guys. And that's cool. Um, Phil's listened to us. And, uh, I listened to episode 144. Are they that high? 44? 144. Could be. I don't know. Um, but literally they were kind of talking about the weather now it's freezing ass cold outside. And he's like, yeah, those guys from gaming and BS are probably standing outside with their shorts on. Now that's, that's coming from Phil, who lives in Buffalo, New York. So <laughs> we took we took that as a personal challenge. So I wanted to, I, I told Brad, I said, hey, I want to give these guys, because uh, they I know Phil's mentioned us at least more than once on the show, just in passing. And it was really literally that. Those guys from Gaming and BS are probably, you know, standing outside in their shorts. So it wasn't like this big, huge plug. But... To show my gra- you know, my appreciation, I'm going to have a picture of what I usually do on the weekends during the winter. Yeah. And I'm going to hold up a little sign that says, hey, you know, Chris and Phil, thanks for the mention. Signed, Sean and Brett, Gaming and BS. So I had my wife, because I, you know, I'm, I, I like to do it kind of, it's a personal matter of mine when I go outside and sunbathe. In you know, I had my wife take a couple pictures, and so uh, look for that. If you uh, if you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Go to gamingandbs.com uh, forward slash zero two five, and you will see what we're talking about. And when the show, by the time the show drops, I I will post the picture of what I'm talking about. And and Brett sent me one too. He was he was showing me what he does and how he spends his weekends here in balmy, wintry Wisconsin. Well, this is practically spring at this point. Oh, it's, it's March now. Shit, this is spring. It, I, I think it hit like 20 today. I know. Which was really, really freaking warm, actually. Yeah, actually it was. Yeah. So I was thankful because I, 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 you know, honestly, I had to put on, I had to put on like SPF 15. I know. It's crazy. I'm sweating. I had to get out the spray bottle and shit. Yeah. And like spray. Missed down a bit. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it's just, it's hot. Oh my sweaty. God. It was unbearable. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go into Speaking of unbearable. Let's go on to something else. Yeah, let's uh let's hey, let's take care of that Michael Allhauser guy who was gonna join our like uh, hangout, but he didn't. No offense, Michael. Michael Allhauser, a friend of the show and sponsor, is the gamer behind the awesome dice bags available at grayedout.etsy.com. Yeah, I've got four of these awesome bags. These are stand-up bags, dual drawstring, tough as nails. He can do custom work. He's got a ton of things in his shop, custom colors. You name it, he can pull it off for you. 
Be sure to mention Gaming NBS for a 10% discount when you place your order at the website Out. that's G-R-E-Y-E-D-O-U-T dot Etsy dot com. Thanks We're again back. to Michael Allhauser for sponsoring the show. If you like, seriously, go and buy a dice bag. And uh, the more you buy, the more we can charge Michael for sponsoring the show and we can make a lot Absolutely. more money. So there you yes. have it. We need more sunscreen. Please buy more dice bags. Dude, you don't want to see Brett sunburnt. Trust me. No, it's not good. It's lo- it lobster. Shock lobster. All right. Oh, that's right. Zave yelled at me for starting to sing when he first joined the hangout. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Well, I started I started the hangout and Zave was the first guy to join. And I'm like, do do do. And I'm kind of going through like checking my levels or something on my mixer so people could hear me. He's like, oh, you said you wouldn't, you know, sing. And I'm like, oh, sh- uh, damn people hanging on to that. I'm going <laughs> to record an album and show all you assholes. I think there's a court order in multiple states that prohibits such activity. All right. Well, you want to introduce the topic, Mr. Topic? Yes, I do. I've got two different things that kind of, uh, two great things that go together. One of them is we'll talk about taking a break. And uh, I also want to talk about group size. So we'll kind of call this one break time and size matters. Well, we'll just kind of get into that a little bit. Well, see what we I, I know the answer to one. Yeah. Yeah, you need to take Hey-o. a break. Dude, I don't, have, I don't have the rim shot freaking. I don't have the rim shot effect. Here, I'll just whoop. I'll just do uh something like that. That'll work. So the first one, the first piece I want to hit about was uh talk about taking a break. Sean and I were talking uh last couple weeks over lunch. I was chatting about my murder city campaign, which actually uh, it only lasted like two sessions. We everybody kind of cruised and grooved and all this really cool stuff last night. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And um, they got to the solution. It was really cool. It was this weird king and yellow twist. It was a lot of fun. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're like, okay. And I said, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to take a break. Um, I've been with that group now for, we did the math, it was 24 years. And I said, you know what? I need to take a break. You know that time I took a break before where I didn't run for a couple months and Lenny ran his uh, Scarlands game, and Lenny's like, "Dude, that was like twelve years ago." I said, "Well, I'm, I'm due every twelve years. I'll take a couple months off." I and think that's acceptable. I think it's totally, acceptable. but nothing less. <laughs> nothing less. Nothing Shit, less man. Than 12. So when you start up again, you better set your watch, buddy. <laughs> exactly. It was twelve years from now. There's nothing else. So what I decided to do was I'm going to jump out for three, four months or whatever it is, and Alpha's going to step in. He's like, "Hey, I've got a good." Uh, D&D thing I want to run, I can do that at the end of every month on the Saturday that you normally run. I'll do that. You can play. I said, great. The guy's always like, oh, shit, Brett's going to play. He sucks at playing, blah, 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 but whatever. Did they really? Seriously? Oh, yeah. No way. Seriously, though? Yeah, they give me crap for it. Because you you probably, like, take it over. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm I'm the boss. No, whatever. (laughs) No, I don't play that often. What happens is I'll get get gaming with my character, and halfway through the first session, I'm like, so... Can I get a new one? Right. This is boring now. I'd like another character, please. Dude, you should <laughs> just be a freaking. <laughs> just just be, like should just be a role playing game suicide bomber, man. Yeah, that's it. Ah, <laughs> done. Next for the cause. <laughs> Splat. Brat's dead. Well, it was kind of. It's kind of cool though, and one of the things that is is helpful with my group, and that it. Well, the upside of only being able to get together once a month to to play because we've got a bunch of folks that get together is that there's usually enough time in between sessions where I'm like, hey, I'm going to come up with a new storyline or I want a new game to run. 
I got a month or two months to really kind of pull it together and get ready to go. And we're just talking about it. I'm like, you know what? It is, it is kind of, it's really helpful to be able to, it's, it sounds cliche, right? To recharge your creative batteries or whatever the case is. But sometimes it's just nice to say, you know what? I'm going to stop. I've got 11 people in my group. And this is where the other piece of this topic comes in. Oh. Depending who can show up and when, some of you guys could run. Somebody else run a game. I'm going to play. You know, we'll, we'll sort it out. But I don't need to be. I don't need to be the guy running right now. I just need a break because I'm fried. I gotta take a step back. So my thought was, from a GM perspective, that makes sense. And I was curious, Sean, have you done such a thing where, from a game master, you're like, look, I just don't want to run anymore. I want to play for a while. Do you do that, or have you done? I uh, <laughs> I had one game group. I ran Star Wars D20. It actually started in. It, I cannot six. Oh shit! Well, it was quite a while ago, but we. The reason I'm I'm thinking is because I thought we actually started in D twenty, and then the revised edition came out, and we may have switched, but I don't think that happened. Regardless, I ran the Living Force campaign for like two years straight, and we were playing that. Oh, was it weekly? And I, I don't know why, but it just, I kept on trucking and it was at least for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden you get ahead of steam, you just go and if it's working, it's working, rolling. Yeah. And what happened like after that, I started like wanting to run games and they would fall apart. And I think what happened with that group specifically was, uh, they, they may have gotten really tired of me running out of steam really quick. I, they really do because what happened would be like, oh, I want to start this game, whatever it was, and then I'd start it. And we'd have two or three sessions, and then I'd be like, it would fizzle. I'm bored with it. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't even say I was bored. I I wouldn't even say I was bored. I don't know if it was ADD. I don't know if I was bored. I don't know if I just could give a shit. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was burnout. Well, your focus is off if nothing else. If you're showing up and you're like, eh, I just don't have it. Whatever it is, I yeah. just feel it's. Yeah, and then it fell apart really bad, and then it got to the point where um, I I left the group, and I did leave the group. They didn't kick me out. They uh-huh. I left. I left the group. That's I think not, we were, we started I all, we started alternate. Totally not what I heard. <laughs> Kidding, dude. I feel like Jason Newstead because I watched the Metallica documentary late recently. <laughs> uh, I Jason Newstead's the basis of Metallica, and he left. But anyways, he. God damn it, Brett. No. So we started alternating weeks. And again, my weeks started fizzling or whatever. Mm -hmm. And those guys went on and then I just took a break from gaming, like in general. I don't know. I might have taken a couple college courses and I just, I couldn't fit it in, but I was done at that point for a little while. And then I came back to those guys and I'm like, hey, I want to run again or or play. I think I did cuz I I'm like yeah, if I tell these guys that I want to run they're going to be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I remember last time. Right, right. And yeah. and I did bring that up to uh a couple people and said, "Hey, I, I know I kind of burned you guys and all this and that, and I'm totally aware of that." Um so, going back to your question to answer it, I haven't recently done the I need a break thing yet because ever since that kind of that one group, I've always been more player guy. And because of that reason, because if I want a GM, I want a GM and I want to not flake. 
Um, now I'm running 5E and I'm with Kevin and those guys and Austin and some of the other folks. Brian, I know, listens to the show as well. Uh, I don't know if Jim does. And Jeff probably doesn't, but and Vic doesn't. And I won't go through all my players because I think that's all of them. But anyways, um, we're doing the mine of Fandelver. I brought it up multiple times. And we're, God, we're not even, I don't think we're halfway through. Um, so if they didn't know that, hey, guys, you're not halfway through. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think... I think once it's done, I don't know if I want to continue. Continue DMing? Um, ooh, or at I, least for a while, right? I mean, it, right, it's right. Feel, oh, I I'm not done, done. You, like, I'm not, hey, I'm retired. I'm on this hobby. That's it. Right. Done. No, no. I, I can't no, but, leave this hobby. And I would still run. I just, I I cannot, pl- I cannot see some of these guys. Like, uh, I know Tim Jensen and Mahir Madison. Uh, he shows up on our threads every once in a while and he's a big forge midwest guy and i've met him and talked to him on occasion and that guy ran like a 20-year freaking vampire campaign or i 10. ran one for 15 so yeah, yeah this is really long and i'm like dude you, i don't get like well hold on now let's put in things into context so when you say you ran a 15-year vampire game mm-hmm. how often did you play for the first 10 years we played every saturday seriously Yes. That's hardcore. So I would even stop it there because after that, you if you played like every two weeks or every month, if you played every freaking week for 10 years, the same yeah, campaign, Yeah, it was, it that's was like hardcore. every Saturday. Every once in a while you get like, well, it's Christmas oh, month. Oh, sure, you know, sure. You can get anything or the holidays would come in. But yeah. hey, for basically, I mean, the first 10 years was just go, go, go. Once I moved, then it slowed down. But then it was still twice a month, once a month. And it would just, we kicked back up. We always kept it rolling. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it was nuts. But I think the piece for me is to be able to say, I want to bring my A game whenever I can, right? Or whatever that, whatever that is. If I'm playing with you and you like what I'm doing, that's great. But I also want to be able to say, you know what? I, I'm not feeling it right now. I, I just I don't know what to do. I could run another dungeon crawl. I could run another Cthulhu-like game. Or how about I just step down, pass the screen across the table to one of my other dudes and men and women in my group and say, hey, guys, all of you or most of them have run before. One of you take a crack at it. I'll step back. Yeah. You don't have to have the whole group. I mean, like I said, there's 11 of us. You don't have to have all of or 12, counting me. You don't have to have all of us play. You could parse it, do whatever you want to do. But I'm going to step back. I want to play. And I'll come back refreshed and feeling like I got a better idea. And I won't feel like I'm just not bringing the A game anymore. So definitely nothing wrong with that for sure. I definitely, I mean, I think anybody who gets poo-pooed for that, it should be like, I guess what Flawed. I'm coming from is I want to encourage it, right? Yeah. If you're if you're the game master and you're feeling it, tell the group. I mean, just it's that communication thing we we've stressed before. Right. If you're feeling it, saying, guys, look, <clears throat> once this one's over, I'm gonna take a break. And sometimes for me, by saying that, when I have said it before, it actually gives me enough energy to say, hey, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. I'm gonna get this adventure done. It'll be a really good ending. It'll be fun, and we're done. And I know I'm I'm done. I'm gonna take a break. Give me a character, you know, uh, a PC sheet, and I'll and I'll take it from there. And somebody else steps up and says, "Okay, I'll run D and D or whatever else they want to do," and that and that's fine. Or call Cthulhu or whatever else the group wants to do. But I really guess from a game master perspective, to make sure that you're feeling your best, it sounds kind of you know in, in hippie new agey. But I mean, if you're not if you're not feeling it, it's coming across the table. Ooh, right? anytime that you want me, <laughs> stop. Ooh, any time that you need me. <laughs> I was at a... At, it's the REO, man. I know, stop. You know the song, though. 
I do. It's any way you want me, right? Yeah. Or is it like any way you want me? That's the way you need me. Anyway, that's journey. And, and, and now we just lost everybody who's ever listened to us. Anyway, point is, I was at Gen Con one year, and I, I'll never forget this. And I, my buddy Eric and I come up, we sit down at this table, and the DM sits down. It's second edition game. It looks like it'll be fun. And we're going through this thing, and his voice is shot. He's like, oh, God, I've been running games all blah, blah, blah. It's like Sunday. Oh, I've been running games all. Kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess. I get it. And uh, really, oh, that sucks. He had run our specific adventure eight times. Eight times. At a Gen Con? Yeah. Oh, at a Con. Eight times. At, at, at Gen Con. He had run it. It was a short little blurb. He'd run it a whole bunch. He was filling in for other DMs who couldn't do it. Is that like four hour was, blocks? No, they were teeny little chunks. All right. So he was running a con game. Yeah. I mean, he run, he claimed like eight hours, right? right? He Or eight times. I, I run the same freaking adventure eight, eight different times. So again, he could have been BSing. Lying about how far or how often he'd done it, but it was really clear that when you came through the adventure at a certain point, you go left instead of right, and he'd have, the, Oh, that's a really boring fucking room. Why are you there? He tried every once in a while like, to pick it up a notch and make it fun, but it was really clear he just didn't give a shit and did not want to run anymore. He was burned out, fried, especially running the same bloody adventure. But I, I after experiencing that, I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't ever want to be the guy who's been running, 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 running. And then walking away from it, I remember talking with Eric. I go, God, that sucked. And Eric's like, well, you know, he's run the same thing, you know, a whole bunch of times. And Eric was the guy who ran most of the games for us in high school. He goes, you know, I can kind of get where he's coming from because you guys used to have me running like every weekend and crazy adventures and have to make stuff up all the time. And, you know, it, it wears on you. And I'm like, oh, shit, I never thought about it like that. I, I guess it absolutely would. So – Again, from a game master perspective, if you feel it coming, you need to do the whole communication thing and say, I need a break and bail on it. Well, you there's, know, and hand, there's hand the reins over. There is plenty of episodes out there that, I mean, I think with, I think role playing game podcasts, I think I've listened to too many. Um, because I think there's always the, um, there's always topics that come up, right? There's always, let's cover a hole at the table and how to get rid of them. There's always, um, you know, this topic or that topic. Yeah. And I think with this one, it's always, you know, DM burnout, which we're not really getting on. Like, this isn't the whole reason we're talking about this, but GM burnout. If, yeah, if you're going to get burned out, it's going to come through in your gaming and it's going to be, it's going to suck and people are going to know it. You can't fake the funk for so long. No, you can't. And the other piece, so if we flip it and say, well, do players ever need to take a break? Well, that's true. And, and I think sometimes this is like, this isn't a podcast about gamer or players, though. No, it's not. Goddamn players, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just now kidding. Meet Lenny. you one day and punch you right in the face. Anyway, um, what I'm saying is that sometimes when I've talked to players and they're feeling burned out about something, it's the genre, it's the game they're playing. I have found when I was a player all the time, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm tired of playing D and want to play something different, mm-hmm. and that was enough to refresh it. So I know for me as a game master, one of the things I've done to keep it fresh periodically was instead of playing vampire, 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 vampire all the time, we would play a, a short, shorter stint of a storyline, end it, I'm going to run Amber now. Done with Amber? Great. I'm going to run Call of Cthulhu. Great. I'm done with that. I'm going to run D&D now. Great. I'm done with that. And then move on. That was one of the reasons I went to Murder City, my sci-fi game that I just wrapped up. Um, was because I needed something different. And I thought, okay, that that might keep the juices flowing, right? Keep me 
moving and grooving and, and in this game. But at the end, and the players were happy. They liked they liked to do something a little bit different too. We played a lot of D and D fantasy type type environment. So changing it to a sci-fi place was a lot of fun for them too. But at the end of it, I'm like, you know what? That still didn't do it for me. I need a new drug. I'm going to just bail on this one, you know, step away for a second. And I did that with the, um, I had mentioned this a few episodes ago about the, where I voluntarily got myself, my player character killed. And everybody was like, what? Because I, I, I died. My guy died. And then the whole party was like, oh, whoa, that kind of sucked. You know, now what? And it was something that I'd already told the GM about. You know, hey man, um, br- bring on the hurt. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay, man. Go ahead, kill my guy. You sure? Oh, yeah, man. Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. No. Fucking action. I'm done with him. I'm serious, man. But uh, I think it was part of that. And he, I mean, I think he carried on that campaign. And that's I kind of bailed out of that group as a player. And that's the same group I GM'd as a um, in Star Wars D20. And it wasn't it wasn't the group that I was tired of. It really wasn't. And I hope any of those guys that you know, may listen, which I doubt, but if they do, or, you know, I, it was never that way. God, I feel like I was in a rock band, man. I've been watching Metallica, freaking <laughs> some kind of monster documentary. And I feel like, though the, the goofy thing is that sometimes, and here's a piece where I'm, and we'll kind of, we'll move into the, the sweet spot, the number of players we're talking about group size here in a yeah. second. And what I'm, what I'm talking about is that I've got, including me, there's 12 of us total who can make it at varying different points of regularity. It's a big regularity. band, man. It's a huge band, right? That's like a many-piece orchestra. That's a lot but, of roadies. It is. But where am I going? Anyway, the point is is that you can step aside sometimes and say, hey, look, I can't make it for this, that, and the other thing, and don't feel like you're being replaced. And so on. sometimes as a game master or whatever, if you decide to step aside, you're like, oh, I can't make it for a little bit. Can I come back the next game? And then something's happening. You go, hey, guys, I'm, I'm back. I can play again. I needed that break, and I'm back. Like, well... Sorry, Brett, we got Sean in, and there's no room for you anymore. I've had that. I did that. It does. I, it I does came happen. back. Well, and they didn't They didn't really put it that way, but, oh, actually, they did. They were like, well, we got kind we of- We replaced you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, again, Metallica, some kind of monster documentary. Exactly. Jason Newstead, you're gone. Just took my bass guitar and went home. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. I was like, man, this is a gaming group what the hell shit and it's i guess the thing is there's i mean there's plenty of drama and whatever but so the co- the concept of taking a break in one form or another i think is it's been talked about but i think i, I mean i need it right now and because of the size of group i have and the, the the people i've been playing with i can say look i'm i need to stop for a bit i want to play who all wants to run i have a ton of different game masters in the group men women people who've done this before so hey Somebody give it a shot. So Alpha's going to run. Yep, Alpha's going to run. And he's like, everybody's everybody that's in your current game. All, I don't know. I, all, I, uh, all the I apostles a, are going to be yeah. are going to join his game as well. I don't know. Um, I threw up a Google Plus post to the group in a little community that I've got. I said, "Folks, here's a deal. Um, I need to take a break. So I'm working with Alpha to see if he's going to run. Sounds like he wants to. Great." I don't know how many people he's comfortable having at the table. Wait a minute, man. Did you honestly do it in a Google Plus post? You didn't tell him over the weekend? Oh, I told him over the oh. I told him in person. I oh. totally told him in oh, person. Oh, I was going to say. This is just kind of putting it all back together. Yeah, this is like a dear John. <laughs> it's like, We've grown well, apart. I, well, at first I was Please like. Pack your shit. <laughs> 
dude, you you didn't like tell no, me. No, okay. No, I, te- I texted. Like I, I left and then I went text. home and I put it on Google Plus. Like, yeah, I, I broke up with a group over text. That's what I did. This isn't working. It's not you. It's me. Is Brett breaking up with us? <laughs> There's a lot of fish in the sea. Yeah. So anyway, um, I just we talked about it and, I, and the the point was to take that discussion reiterate it, put it out there saying, guys, this is what's going on. I'm going to take a break. I said, I don't know for how long. I'll let you know. So I went in, told him uh, today after I got home, hey, look, I'm thinking June, I'll be ready to run something again. We'll get off. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Alpha's probably going to figure something out. Remember, like we talked, I don't know how many people he's going to want to have. We'll sort it out. <clears throat> and that was one of the things we talked about the group was that if somebody wants to play, you're more than welcome to run. I mean, there's Fucking 12 of us. If you want to run a game, go right ahead. Now, Lenny's got a subgroup of my group that he's running a, uh, a World of Darkness uh, game with. Uh, the new World of Darkness, kind of from a more, not, not vampires or anything like that, just more of a horror type of setup. He's got that, and it's been going, and that's fine. And I've run smaller groups of our group for people who could make it, whatever. But one of the things <clears throat> that... When people say, how many people in your group? I'm like, well, I got 11 players total. Not everybody can make it. It was, whoa, fuck, 11 people. That's a lot of people. And back in the day when I was running um, vampire-type games or Amber or whatever, it was basically it's a LARP, if you will, at that point. There's a lot of people. We have plenty of space to move out. Groups that have their own interpersonal, interparty dynamics. They go over here. This other group would go in the hallway. The other group goes outside. And someone goes to the garage talk about these different pieces, come back, I'd adjudicate certain points. But that type of story, and when you're meeting all the time, every every week or <clears throat> or once or twice a month or whatever it was, it worked out. But now, since I'm not running a 15-year-long event or a five-year-long event, it usually doesn't last more than two years in game time because we only get together once a month that I run. So that means 24 sessions if I played you know, once a month for two years. This game is not going to last longer than that. We get together at 4, and we usually wrap up about 11, sometimes midnight, and then that's what we do. However, it's gotten to a point where I'm like, you know what? I think we might have to figure out a better way to get some of these folks who can't make it as often. How do I deal with that? You know, Because I've got Seth and Tabby who try to come up from a scene, and they can't make it all the time because of their schedules and stuff. When they can make it, they show up like, hey, I'm here. I'd like to play. They're very gracious about it. They're not like, hey, entertain me, son of a bitch. You know, I came with my character. You got to fit it in. They know that they're playing second fiddle in the game. Well, I kind of feel bad as a game master. Like, oh, they're not getting a lot of limelight, but I can't because I've got the other nine of them that are deep in the game, wherever the case is. So I think at some, it's starting to get to a point where we're going to have to parse things out and just rearrange it a little bit. And when somebody wants to run or they want to play, Schedule it for another time. I just I don't know if I can get everybody together all at the same time for certain games. Or I need to tweak it and have people so that you come in as a guest, one-shot event, because you can't make it that often, or here's an NPC for you to play tonight, or something along those lines, so that it's more mechanical. I don't know a better phrase, but more mechanical, so I can have somebody come in and out periodically. So how many people do you play with, Sean, before I go? I play with, uh, so I think in my game there's six players. Um, but we, we've we had a couple sessions where we've had everybody, but there's been also just as many where we haven't had all everybody. Um, in Doc's game, 
let's see. Jimmy, Jimmy, Josh, Brian, Jimmy, Josh, Brian, Ron, myself, five. Okay. And we had one guy, we had one guy leave uh, before I went back. So six, probably. I mean, it's five consistently now, but it used to be six. So the groups I'm used to playing in are usually about six tops. Okay. We, now that's a regular recurring type of game? So Doc's game, so we alternate weeks. Okay. So Doc's game I play on, it's kind of weird because it's it's an alternating week, but they're like almost back to back, right? So if I run Friday one week, the next week I play on Tuesday. Okay. And then I have a big gap, right? Because then that Friday I don't run, and then I got to go all the way to the other end of the week to run again. Got it. So it's weird. But yeah, it's it, I play once a week, minimum, and it's six players. And, uh, you know, yeah. So I... Uh, well, uh, if you do... Oh, sorry. What I was going to say is now if you, if you take that, and I've seen guys at cons... We'll have, I think Ernie Gygax had like 15 people or 20 or something, some crazy. Steven Chenal. Uh, for those of you that know Steven, you know who I'm talking about. If you don't, he is one of the guys from Trolllord Games. Him and his brother are the founders of Trolllord Games, which are the makers of Castles and Crusades. And Steven comes to Gary Con every year and he runs, I'm not kidding you, when he posts his event, I think he, ta- I think he taps it out at twenty. Wow! But I know he's run. If if you come, he will squeeze you in. So if he's, you know, twenty people have registered and you show up at the table, he'll say, S- "Sit on down." Does it work? Have you been in part of it? I have, and I was one of the guys that walked up, and he's like, "You know, have a seat." It is. So if you're there to game and get spotlight, it's not going to happen. I mean, you, you can do your thing like, hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to try to do that. That's great. But he is going to take that in and he's going to move to the next guy on the table. Boom. Bam, bam, yep. bam, 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 bam. Yep. And he keeps it moving and he'll he'll put in some action because I think action in Castles and Crusades will keep it moving, right? If you get into like a more tactical game like Pathfinder, you're going to go, okay, you can't you can't go bam, 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 bam in Pathfinder. People get too no, caught not, up with, if, oh, if you're using what to do. Five foot squares and you've got 6,000 options, no. If you're running um, that faster OSRE thing, which is Castles and Crusades, you right. can go faster with it. I get yep. that. Yep. But so, now how long does he do that for? Is it a four-hour event, a two-hour event? It's at least a four-hour event. <laughs> okay. And by the time he's done, he's tapped, and the next day that you talk to him, he's his he's voice is shot, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a novelty to sit in there to watch him and see how this is happening. And frankly, when it's not your turn, you talk to the guy next to you, whatever, uh, or you're listening to everybody else do what they're doing. So you can go, Oh, that person's doing that. That person's going to do that. Or sometimes what we'll do is, uh, we'll do like I've sat in tons of his games. It's only been one, but what will happen is like three or three or four or five people will say, Hey, we're going to go do this. And then, yeah, that's a good idea. And then somebody else, uh, another group of four or five, will go, hey, we're going to go and do this. And so then it, he can kind of funnel that down a little bit. So now instead of working with 20 people, he's working with like four groups of five. And so if you start running into like OSR and you get back in the days of caller, mapper, blah, 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 he doesn't do it like that. But I can see where you can say, all right, who's the 
who's the caller of the group? What do you get? Who's the decide? person I have to interface with? Who's right. my single point of contact? Right. And then he could say, okay, you are the wizard. You're being diplomatic and you're talking to this leader. Um, what are the rest of you guys doing quick? Blah, 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 blah. And then boom. Okay, great. Next. And then he moves on. So it, it is a, it is something. But there's a level of depth you're not going to be able to get to, right? It's not like you're going to have that. I want to talk to the innkeeper. He doesn't, he's not going to get into the innkeeper's char- uh, character and, you know, spit in the glass, hey, wiping, hey, soldier, where are you from? Oh, what's this? You know, you're not going to have that, I'm assuming. Well, you're not going to get a huge amount of character development. It's a con, it is a con game. So it's not going to run over a certain amount of time and over episodes. And I don't think, now I don't know, because I haven't sat in tons of his situations, but I don't think he would have an adventure that would make that happen. So he would probably say, all right, you're a group of adventurers. You're hired by the king and you have to go investigate uh, or clear out an island and then, claim, and then claim it for the king, right? So you're not going to go, hey, it's an urban adventure and you're going to you know, interact with 30 NPCs or five NPCs. I don't, I don't, if he did that, I would be totally amazed. And how he handled that, I would be shocked. When I ran um, Vampire Amber with large groups, when I'd have the maximum I've ever had is 13 players. And um, when we do that, though, it was more, it was very LARPy insofar as we had dice. You come to the table, you roll the dice, you fight each other, you fight the bad guy or whatever it is. But very rarely would everybody be at the event. That was like the main event, the final whatever it is. And then everyone would show up and they had prepared for said event. We'd all set up the event as NPCs and player characters together, and then boom, it occurs. Woo, we're done. Oh, we're ended tonight. Wow, that was exhausting. Everyone's tired. Off we go. But when you're playing that, if the group likes, as my group does, a lot of good character development, you want to be able to work on something, and hey, I want to figure out where I lost my wife, or I, I'm missing this, or I'm missing that, you want to be able to figure that stuff out. If <clears throat> there's too many of you, and whatever that too many means, you then need to extend the timeline for the, for the adventure to unfold, at least in my opinion, because otherwise I don't have time for you to get into it. Things will take much longer to develop. They absolutely take longer to develop, whatever those things are, at least in my experience. <coughs> Excuse me. So where I'm, where I'm coming from is looking at the group I have, and one of the things that made me say I need to take a break is because the story ideas I have in my head right now that I'd like to do next – are all revolving around smaller groups. And I'm like, oh, God, can I do that? What if I do it for two months? What if I do it for three months or, you know, just a smaller session time? But, oh, God, I want people to do stuff. What do I do? I'm like, you know what? First off, I need a break, so I'm going to step away from it and then got to figure out how I'm going to arrange this so that the players are going to get the in-depth character development that they want. Because I look at – I'll pick on Kevin. Kevin had a character, Hector, in my Murder City game. He had this great background. And um, I distinctly remember it because he had a piece of it about his lost wife and daughter that I never got to. Now, granted, it only it only lasted two sections because bam, 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 they rolled right through the plot and figured out what was going on and they ended up at the right place. Great. Good investigative skills. Everything paid off. I didn't get him a chance to find his daughter or, or his wife or anything about it. And part of it was yesterday I had 11 people. And there's no way that I can, in in that period, I mean, I would have had to extend the entire game out a few more sessions to later this year, and the plot itself didn't 
didn't work that way. So I, I couldn't stretch it anymore. I think one of my flaws is not taking the character's backgrounds and then doing something with it. So I apologize because I think I I think I need to go to my players and go, hey, can you guys send me your backgrounds again and so I can incorporate that or not. So that's a fault of my own. I and I usually overlook it and I never realize it. Um and it's really hard when you've got, you know, a big, big group. When you've so, got more than six or eight of them, it gets hard. Even if you had it all in front of you, you're like, shit, I can't get to all of you to this week. It's not going to happen. But you mentioned something that made me kind of say, hold on a second. I want to touch on that is you say in the future, I want to run a, a campaign or a game that focuses in on a smaller group of players mm-hmm. So my question is, is what does that mean? What, why are you wanting to do that? Or what type of game are you wanting to run that says in your brain, I got to have less people? The thing in my brain that says that is I'm looking at the players in my group and the level of depth that they want to have with their character development, these kick-ass backgrounds, because I I like to dig into it. I want to find that thing that they had that they bring up that one time in a bar say, I'm looking for my my dad's killer. Then I want to be able to go across the bar. You see the man who may be the, your dad's killer, blah, blah, blah. Now, this- I want to be able to do that. And it's hard to get around to everybody within his, within and move the plot forward so not everybody else is bored out of their skull while I'm doing this thing one-on-one with Sean about his dad's killer. And then I've got... 10 other people sitting on their hands waiting for me to do something so or waiting is, for their time. I know this is part of you, but has any of your players actually said, Hey, I, I you know, I want more development or are you just assuming that like if I your player be, said, Hey dude, you're not, no one has told me to my face that dude, this sucks. Stop it. Or I don't I'm think, not I don't think your group would, but <laughs> no, actually, I think some of them might. Yeah, I think they might. Well, let's find them and hunt them down, and we'll, let's find them, hunt we'll them fix down. that. Somebody tell Brett that he sucks, please. No, um, no one has said it specifically to me, but again, I think that's why that's why I tie these two topics together. And if nothing else, one of the things that I, as a game master, do I'm a, I am more self deprecating. I look at what I'm doing. Like, oh, that's not as good as it could have been. It's not this. I'm very self critical. So I'm looking at this thing. And I talk about it in groups like, no, that was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, I'm sorry you didn't get to that thing, but whatever. We'll do something else next time. And it's grading on me. And if nothing else, I need the break to pull back and say, you know what? This thing I want to do, it, oh, shit, I can run it with 11 guys. This isn't a problem. Done. Off I go. Just like the old days. Or do I not want to do that because of X, Y, and Z? I don't know. So taking the break is giving me the opportunity to look back on it and decide – is it me or is there something that really does need to change? I don't know. You know, I think that it's interesting because there's a little bit of a dynamic where um, a little bit off a side tangent, not really, it does tie into this, but I look back on expectations of what we've done in the past as kids or growing up in gaming or even just some of the shows that we liked growing up. And then we revisit them as adults and we go, oh my God, I can't believe that thing was the greatest thing on earth. It's trash right now. (laughs) Looking at it now as 30, 40 year old person looking back. And I've seen that 
uh, I've seen it posted on Google Plus. Like, oh, I looked at, I watched this, and I'm like, I can't believe I thought that was the greatest movie on earth. The thing totally sucks now. So I think that kind of goes into a little bit, maybe, maybe not. But our, and that that's what gets me too when I game is like, dude, when I want to switch things up, I kind of go, I want something better. I want it. Uh, you know, if I watched. 15 year old Sean play game, you know, role playing games in the same adventure or GM. So roll back the clock. I get in hot tub time machine and I go back to 1980 something. And I sat in my game. Sean's older than me. Just so everybody knows that. Yeah. All right, carry on. But I look damn good. (laughs) Um, Anyone who's on the hangout knows that's not true. Carry on. Again, I have something to post in this episode that will make you go, ooh, ah. Anyways, I think I would probably go, dude, that game totally sucks, man. How is that How did I think that was ever enjoyable? It's trash. You realize you've made five characters that are basically Strider from Lord of the Rings? Last five games? Really, dude? It's the same fucking character? Yeah. Or something I'm, along those lines. You know, I'm just saying that I, I'm, that's me talking about me. I know I did that because that was a cool thing for me. You know, you, you made the same thing or whatever it was. So I think there is a little bit of part, a little part of us that are is always wanting to do something a little bit better, immersive, um, gaming to another level. However, you want to phrase it. We talked about this with Alex before we played with Frank um, a couple weeks back. Where we were saying, and you've said this before, like how can we can't just sit down and game? Some of your buddies have said this, and you know, hey, I just want to pull out a module. I don't care. Bring your third level fighters. We're going through this module today, and it's <laughs> it sucks, right? Because I've got the the curse of I don't have the time, but I now have the desire, right? Where I want to have the immersive story campaign arc, where I develop the characters, I help these guys come through these great stories and all this great coolness. But I have I cannot game once a week for six hours on a Saturday like I used to be able to back in high school when I didn't fucking do that. <laughs> we just brought our third level characters and went through the module. You know, now I have I at least I hope I have the skills, the drive, the desire, everything to pull that type of thing together, but now I don't have the time. And maybe that's again being self critical. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I need the break, I gotta step away from it. If nothing else, um, you know, knock back a beer or two, feel better about it, and, and, and attack it one more time. But something's got to, something's got to change. Yeah, and I've told my group, not, uh, another group that I game with, that I grew up with, the guys that I grew up gaming with when I was thirteen, that, you know, there would be other people that would come in, and we'd have six or seven players, and I'd always say, you know, why don't we just, just us play, us four guys play, sit down and play, it'll be fine. But then you'd have one guy who couldn't play. Then you have two guys. Then another next week, maybe two guys couldn't play. And then all of a sudden, two weeks have gone by and you can't play. So the nice thing about numbers is that, you know, with six people. I can get a quorum anytime I need. Any month, when we get together at the end of the month, I got 11 folks. It's it's the curse of I actually have people. Right. Right. And at any point, if half of them can't make it, I still have enough people that most other groups would be jealous that I have six, right? I mean, yeah. If I look at it from, from the blessing perspective, I have enough people that want to game with me and my group that I'm full. I'm full up with gamers, and 
if at any point half of them can't make it, I'm good. I do think there are some games that do better with smaller groups anyway. Like an espionage game I'm running at GaryCon. I limited it to four people. Because you six people, James Bondish. I mean, James Bond is one guy. I mean, you throw some NPCs in there, put in Felix from the CIA. I mean, but those types of games, I could never imagine playing. The troop of 10. Yeah. It just wouldn't work very well. No, I, I get you. Even a crew of a spaceship, like you and Firefly. I mean, you have kind of the core group, and I think, what is there? S- how many people on the Firefly cast? One, but, um, three, the three women, one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight of them. Yeah. Right. You know, and even then. It's, that's that, and then everybody has enough cool one-liners on things because, you know, Joss Whedon's a good writer, blah, blah, blah. Right. So that all works out. But I get where you're going there, and that's where I think where it might be for me, um, I think this is just confessional time, Sean. I think this is what this is. This is Brett. <laughs> That's all right, man. It's come to Jesus. Uh, come, come to, come to oh, Jesus. Exactly. Um, but when I look at it and say, oh, I want to run this story, I think this would be really freaking cool. I think the group would really like it. I don't think I could run this story with 11 men and women because if I did that, it's not going to work. This is a smaller campaign, you know, type of thing. It's, you know... Lord of the Rings has nine players in it, right? It's got the nine, the nine walk, the you know, the, the Fellowship Ring has got nine of them. One of them has to, one of them dies. Well, they split, and then they split into small groups. And that's another thing you could so do with a bigger group. You could split. I go and I split it and split say this party. month is you, that month's you, or you show up for the first half of the day, walk away the next half of the day, do the next week. There's ways to tackle this, and again. Harkening back to the break concept, I just need to stop for a second and figure out what I need to do to make it an effective story so that's still fun for everybody, including me, so that we can run this thing and have a good time with it. So here's an option that – so we haven't gotten to co-GM yet, but another option is if you do have 11 people, is it feasible to run to, to split the split the group? So you go, hey, I'm going to have five people and we're going to focus in on this. And then the, ne- the next the one, we're going to focus in on these six other people and focus in on that, right? So you guys are kind of two. I mean, you got, I mean, the Fellowship of the Ring and the Lord are the second one, right? Two Towers, yep. I think, is when they were split for the most part. Yep. They had like three storylines going on. That's why it was like three hours long. You know, that's not a bad option. The only fallback is you got one group that might not play for like two months. Or if you meet and say you've got 11 people. Or say there's 12 of us, two of us DMing, that means I'm down to 10, 5 and 5, and you run that half, I run that half, same day, same time, just different spaces in the building or different locations. I've got, I've got the ability. I could pick different spots. Back in the day, my buddy JR and I co-GM'd a werewolf game, uh, old school white wolf werewolf game, and it worked out really well because we had, even with he and I playing, I think I still had 12, 13 players, a lot of fucking people, and... Or to keep everything rolling, I grabbed half. I would run this part of the story. He ran this other piece of the story. When people would counter come in to talk to my NPC, John sent them to me. I'd send other people to him. You know, again, it was more LARPish where you kind of broke it off that way. But if you were going to do it as you're talking about, if I've got 10 players and two game masters, if the game master like, look, here's where we're going to go. You have this piece of the story. I have this piece. You run these guys. I'll run these this crew. And at the end of the night, we compare notes and figure out where we're at. 
come up with a game plan for next month and boom, off you go. So like I said, it can be done. So is that an option for you or no? I totally think it is. Honestly, I've not thought about it in those terms before until we're talking about it right now. So I think that might be possible. Yeah. That's, that's a neat, that's a neat thing to do. So you kind of sit be. back and go, I got 11 or 12 people. I, I'm burned out. I need to sit back, take a break. And then when I come back, I don't know what the dynamics going to be. Um, but maybe, maybe in your head, you're thinking, well, I gotta, I gotta trim this down. How am I going to do that? Whatever. Now it's kind of like, well, maybe I don't need to trim it down. Maybe you just need split the job. Second, second guy. And if it's alpha or whoever, Zave or Lenny or whoever, and you come yep. to grips on what that, I mean, you could even say, okay, you do, here's the world. You guys come together yep. on the world and then say, here's your group and they run a game and then here's your group and you run a game, but eventually somehow you bring them together or maybe they're even competing against each other in a healthy way, but not, you know what I'm saying? Not, conf- not conflicting head to head. You can start like that, right? You're both two different groups trying to invade X. You're coming at from two different tactical ways. One of you takes the South, one of you takes the North, boom, logical split. I mean, that could work. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes a lot of the podcasts that I listen to never address bigger groups like that. They never, I mean, they may say, well, there's a co-GM or whatever, but I don't know if they've ever. The tactics behind it? Yeah. I don't know if they've ever met and sat down and said, this is how we're going to attack this. Well, my buddy John and I did it for Werewolf. We had, I think we spent (laughs) like um, uh, two, three months of every other time we get together before the game, we go <laughs> went to the Scott Street bar in Wausau, my hometown. Scott Street, unfortunately, is gone. We go there. We get beer before the game, whatever's hanging out with the guys. And people would be playing pool or whatever. We'd sit down and go, how the fuck do we want to cut this apart? Well, how about we break it by NPCs? Whatever NPCs you make, you make sure I know about. And whatever ones you do, I said, well, normally during a game session, I say, I'm going to take a quick break. You guys smoke if you got them. I step back. Why don't we do the same thing? And we use that for our, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Game Master's got to talk. Boot him out of the room or we'll go outside because JR's a smoker. We'll step outside while he burns one and do a quick update and then move back in. That worked really, really well. And now we're talking about it here. I think that type of thing could work well. Like if I go back to my Avalon world, which is kind of a and d based fantasy type of world, <clears throat> everyone in the group has played it long enough that they understand it, the parameters and how everything operates. If I were to take somebody like Alpha, Lenny, or anybody else and said, hey, I need you to run this half of it, and with the beauty of uh, the interwebs, which we were, was not nearly as thick as it was back in the day when I first did the CoDM thing with, with JR, we can be posting shit back and forth in our own little Google Plus community. Hey, I did this. I did that. What do you think about this? And I've got a month between sessions to make sure that we're in sync and we come back in and blam and hit them hard with something really cool. That's not yeah. a bad idea. I think I there's, like, I like that. I think there's some management um, that you're going to really have to nail down hardcore, but as a yeah. project manager, man, what the fuck, dude, you should be able to pull this shit off. Can, yeah. This isn't any harder than what I'm currently doing for a living. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is not, this is not any harder than that. And actually, this would be a whole lot more fun because it's something I want to do. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do this planning for a living than what I have to do for a living outside of here. Yeah. So there's a it's few not- options. Otherwise, you, I mean, then you just got to trim it down and I don't know. No, I like that, though. <clears throat> As I said, I, I've done it before. And when I was writing up the notes 
what we're going to talk about today. I put the code DM out there thinking about it, and uh, now that we've hashed it out, I think, I think that might be okay. It's an option. Yeah, I've got a break coming. i got a couple months off, so hey, I'll sort it out. <laughs> Plenty of stuff to read. Yes, I do. All right, man, let's get into... That was really loud. Some die roll action. Two to four points of gaming, geekery, whatever we bring up that um, we pick up and let you guys know about. Yeah, so I was up in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, my hometown, game with my group, as I've already talked about. And uh, one of the local game shops, I think the only local game shop there, Johnny C's Cards and Games and whatnot, he does a lot of uh, different pieces, and he's got a pretty decent used game selection and some older stuff. I found a, a copy of Mouse Guard there last year, which I was able to pick up for list price, which is really hard to do. Yeah, that's a hot item, I guess. Yeah, I paid like 30 bucks for it, and I've seen it on eBay for 100 I'm like, yay, fucking nailed that one. Yeah, game stores, but, usually if they get it, they'll sell it on eBay themselves. Yeah, I don't think he knew what he had, so I'm happy to get it. <laughs> Cha-ching! <clears throat> this time I found, um, speaking of Warhammer and what we're, uh, we were talking about earlier, is they found Lure of the Lich Lord. It's a second edition Rollhammer, Warhammer, Rollhammer, Warhammer adventure. And uh, it looks pretty cool. It's all about, um, if you know anything about the Warhammer universe, it's the Tomb Kings component of it uh, outside the outside of Bretonia and the Border Princes. And it's going to be a big, uh, I want to say it's kind of Warhammer's answer to the Tomb of Horrors type of thing or one of those types of crawls. It looks pretty cool though. And, uh, I got it for like twenty bucks. I'm like, yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad deal. And I love out of print games, even if I'm not running the system. Some of the cool adventures that are out there, there's really cool GURPS books. Anything by S. John Ross that he's done on GURPS, like his GURPS Russia, it's a great setting book. Even if you don't like GURPS, you don't want to run GURPS. The setting material in some of these, I mean, any game master player worth their salt can take <clears throat> one of these modules or one of these, just the maps themselves. And the handouts can be just worth their weight in gold. So I'm really glad I found that. <clears throat> the other one is um, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but I'm assuming at this point, especially by the time this podcast drops, everybody knows that Leonard Nimoy, Spock, has died. Um, I was not and never have really been your friend. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> dude, where is that going? No, I really, I, I like Star Trek. I've never been like, oh, my God, I love it. I love it. I like it and I've appreciated it. And um, it was one of those things where he was 83, and you look back, man, that's kind of, oh, it sucks to lose him, but he's 83. This is going to happen. You know, he's at that point. And I actually feel the thing that bothers me, that bothered me the most about it was I felt bad for all my friends who I knew were hardcore Star Trek fans, that that was an icon for them. When James Doohan, when Scotty died, they were like, oh, all bummed out. When, you know, <clears throat> when McCoy died, oh, they're bummed out. I feel bummed out for them simply because there's so much emotional energy wrapped into it, right? It's the, like those guys that are crazy hardcore Doctor Who fans that remember Baker and so on. I mean, these guys are st- some of those, uh, the, some of the old doctors are still alive, but it's going to happen. And from a, uh, I feel sentimental for you. It doesn't impact me because I wasn't a huge Star Trek fan, but the the loss I feel is more on behalf of, all of you out there who are big, uh, big Star Trek fans. So, yeah, yeah, and I think as we get older, it's unfortunate that we're going to see some of those things that come up. And it's there are a lot of people that have made impacts on people's lives, and I don't even know if some of those people really grasp the reach that they've had. 
No, I mean, you look at Gygax. When Gygax and David Arneson, when they died, even if <laughs> you don't like their product or you don't like how they game mastered for you at one point, the fact of the matter is that without those two guys doing what they did, this podcast wouldn't exist. So that was where, when those gentlemen died, I went, oh, I felt this loss for my for my hobby, the thing I was really interested in. And that's when I look at when Leonard Nimoy dies. I'm like, God oh, damn, that sucks for all those guys who are big Trekkies because – you know, I feel for you. So yeah. sucks. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the last one I think I have. I, I we talked about it right now, but I'm really looking forward to being a player again. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I've not. The guys give me shit that I'm not a really good player again because <laughs> I get bored out of my skull. So I you, think, or you're a shitty player. <laughs> I could well just be a shitty player. That's possible too. <laughs> the other thing is I can't remember if it was Phil Vecchione wrote this or somebody else. It was a Gnome Store article, I believe where I saw this, where somebody had said that game masters need to play more. Well, that's true. Um, you get a different perspective. And it is going to be a different perspective, and I want it. I want I want that perspective because nothing else, that'll be a good recharge from a creative perspective. So I'm looking forward to it from that piece. So those are mine. On to you. All right. So congrats uh, to me, number one. Congrats to all the Golden Geek Award winners and nominations. So if you don't know what the Golden Geek is, uh, Board Gaming Geek, RPG Geek, has a bunch of uh, so it's RPG geek, board game geek. I don't know if there's something else in there either, but they it's all one conglomerate. But they do awards and they have nominations, and it kicks off kind of the award season, I think, because then there's the Ennies and then there's the Origin Awards. But um, congratulations to all those folks. I know a couple of people wanted to nominate us, and I wasn't, I didn't get our stuff out there. But maybe next year. But even if you didn't win. Uh, and you were in the running and nominated, I think it's just good recognition for the most part. I mean, I could, honestly, if I got an award, great. If I did, if we get, got nominated, great. If we didn't, that's okay. But it's just kind of the, nom- I think with some of these awards and some people have complained about them and with the Golden Geek, it's kind of interesting. You can't even vote on somebody winning unless you have a certain amount of reputation on the board. So could be. It, it, it is. I don't know about it. It is. It's, it, it prevents people from just, hey, Brett, you know, let's announce our nomination. Everybody flood there. and then, Not a raw popularity contest. Exactly. And so the way you get reputation on there is you contribute. So as you contribute, you get kind of points, and then you can vote on different things like the Golden Geeks. So there is kind of a, a vestment of some kind rather than just a popularity contest. Um, so... Sometimes, if nothing else, within the hobby, it's cool to see. I mean, I'm I'm kind of sorting through it now, and I just kind of cash buzz through it. I see cash and guns. I love cash and guns. I played the first edition of that board game. It's fucking. It's an awesome, awesome party game. Tons of fun. And um, seeing that up there and go, oh yeah, I love that game. My buddy has that. I don't have it. I need to go get it. And just seeing what other people are playing sometimes is really cool. In even the runners up and so on, looking through some of these things. Maybe you don't give a crap about this particular board game or this particular RPG, but just seeing, oh, that's what other people are playing. I guess that's, I don't know that. Oh, shit, how come no one in my Google Plus stream is talking about it? Well, you know, guess what? It's out there. There's other cool things. It's a neat way, if nothing else, from us um, sitting outside of the <laughs> the award-winning circle is to see what's popular and what's, what's hitting. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, different exposure for sure. Absolutely. Number two, Kingsman, The Secret Service. Movie time. Movie time for Sean. So I went and saw that this weekend. Um, a lot of people had given it a lot of thumbs up, and uh, I saw the trailer 
for it somewhere. I don't know if it was online, but I thought it was kind of cool. And I went to it, um, and people have like asked me, so what'd you think of it? Um, I think it's good. Um, video or not, I don't know. Cause I think when you go to the theater and you recommend somebody, Oh, you got to see it in the theater. Then it's like big screen, big effects, big yeah, like, yeah. experience. And I don't know if it's one of those shows. Like I want to see the, the snipe, uh, American sniper. Um, and I think I can wait because I don't think I have to see it on a big screen necessarily. Um, and I limited time to go see movies because my wife doesn't like a lot of the movies that I like. But uh, <laughs> so I went by myself. I don't care. I was that weird, creepy guy. Um, I went and saw it. I liked it. I liked it uh, because it is it's it's modern day. So I'll just not a lot of spoilers, but it takes place in modern day. But it really encompasses more of the 60s espionage genre so it kind of gets over the top a little bit the bad big bad evil guy has this massive plot there's plenty of action um and i like old school bondy and it is very old school bondy not even bondy it's because bond was more like suave and debonair this was more it's almost like a i hate to say it it's almost between bond and um, austin powers austin powers a little bit, because you could see how Austin Powers would make fun of movies like this. It's kind of like The Man from Uncle, okay, right? Which and, is which is my third one, The Man from Uncle, which I'm I'm interested in watching, um, because I well, like a, I like the era. Inter- yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an interesting piece of it because it's that it's that wonky Cold War piece, and if you watch the Bond movies at that point, and God, it's been forever, and I'm not a Bond aficionado by any stretch. I loved it, man. I wanted to be James Bond growing up. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> I was named after Sean Connery, so I'm biased. Dude, dude, pussy galore. I mean, how do you how do you not get into this? <laughs> anyway, Different point. times back then, my friend. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, point being, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see because when you said the over the top for the Kingsman, like oh, like Bond, you're like, well, actually, Bond wasn't quite. I mean, Spectre and so on. Right. But yeah, it's kind of funny how that some of that stuff takes on a life of its own, and the Man from Uncle and those other. TV shows and Wild Wild West and that type of thing kind of amped up the whole bigger than life aspects. And sometimes that it's kind of uh, that era pulp almost, right? It's a, it's a neat thing. Yeah. And I, I'm more interested in Man from Uncle than Kingsman. I think I'll rent Kingsman, but Man from Uncle, I think I might be tempted to hit that one in the theater. Yeah. And I will see that as long as other people that want go and see it as well, give it as much thumbs up as they do the Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman. I'll go and see the Man from Uncle. And I haven't. I honestly up to the man of uncle man from uncle. I will probably start seeing if I can find some of those old TV episodes to get back into it because I like, I mean, I like the design. I like the old, uh, you know, the, you're the top secret bouffant. guy. You're, top, you're the top secret guy. Yeah, right? But I so like the, like the I like the ladies and the big bouffant hairdos and the beehives and stuff. Yeah. The beehives. And I, I like just, I mean, there's no, and the technology's like, it's kind of novel because there isn't anything really out there. And so it does get into some of the gadgetry that like bond did. And even the Kingsman did that as well. So I, I have appreciation of that. And, it, and frankly, if you don't, if you probably find the Kingsman so-so, I think it's great RPG material. I mean, this I would totally see it. I think I rent it because if yeah. not, you know, sometimes the plots and the gear and some of the – one of the things I love to steal is just the characterizations of people, the yeah. characters themselves, the personality types, how they talk, how they move, what they do and what they're into. Sometimes just that specialty weapon that so-and-so uses is fun to drag into your next game. So that's some cool stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, so, and I'm, I love espionage games or espionage and the kind of thriller. And if it's cheesy, oh, well, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be, I don't like the Austin Powers, like, kind of, I mean, that's too far. Yeah, well, that's mockumentary. But I mean, even I, like Mission Impossible, like the TV series Mission Impossible. Okay. Okay. You know, and then even the movies, maybe. But I love all that stuff because it's kind of cool, like the different plots and the bad guy and the monologue and then the good guys and, you know, Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk? Is that his name? Anyways, no. the guy, you know, G- Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible floating yep. down and stopping right before he hits the, the floor. Spoiler. I don't know. I like that stuff. Cool. Anyways, this has been an episode of Gaming and BS. Wow, I got to really time that properly. <laughs> freaking outro is shorter than shit i'm one of your hosts sean and i'm brett good night good game and all thanks for listening